The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast for. Tuesday, April 20th, Jeff Erickson, Fred Zinke here. Busy, busy day in baseball, full slate. First game starts at 410 Eastern. Lots of injuries. You know, I do a, a Wednesdays in Sirius XM, Stefania Bell joins us uh, to be our injury expert, and I usually send her a list of players, and it was no problem finding uh, players to add to that list, Fred, uh, unfortunately. It's starting right off the top in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, some of these players will could still perform like first round picks for sure. Um, but yeah, if you, if you picked in the first round this year, how about this? If you picked in the first half of the first round this year, there's a good chance that you've already dealt with an absence from your first round pick, or you're about to. Yeah, well, half of them, yeah, Tatis, Betts, multiple times now. Uh, yeah, and now uh, you know Ronald Acuna not in the lineup today uh, against the Yankees. A two-game series. I I think we'll miss him. He'll miss both games. We'll see about Friday because they have a five-game week. Uh, so, do you have Acuna anywhere? What did you do with him if you did? Yeah, I don't. I had no first overall picks this year. I had a second overall pick in a league where Acuna went first. So, and who did you I I took Degrom. Um, so I, that was it. That's the closest I came. I go, well, I guess I could have got Acuna in Tout Wars because it's an auction. So, but I didn't. So, uh, because I took Tatis and then I didn't, I couldn't take Acuna and I would have rather had Acuna. So, and I'd still rather have Acuna. You can also add in on those injured players, even though he was never injured. If you drafted Trey Turner in the first half of the first round, you played without him for the first weekend and probably didn't possibly didn't have a replacement. And you might've played without him for at least the first half of the second of that first full weekend on him, not being at the workout. (sighs) So I have Trey Turner in both Rotowire online championship leagues, the beat Jeff Erickson leagues. Yeah. I had them active in one and not the other because yeah. of that, that very thing that happened because in one of them, my replacement for him hadn't played yet. So I was able to swap them back in the other. I, I was screwed. Uh, and, and of and course, of course and of course, 
Yes, I was going to say, of course, someone who hits a home run about every seven games hit two home runs in three games when he was on your bench. Yeah, and you, yeah. you just those are things you, you don't make up very readily. So that's that's always no. Uh, so yeah, the first half of the first round. Actually, if you drafted the pitchers, you're you're loving it right now. They've been like Degrom, Cole, Bieber. You're totally satisfied. These hitters. Uh, well, I, I again, again, like Acuna's been unbelievable, and even if he misses a few days. If he just goes back to being unbelievable, then then you're great. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's right. So I have Acuna in uh, TGFBI, and I took him over Tetis. Bets went first in my league. Okay. Uh, so that was I was you know smug Jeff got you know I was like <laughs> All right, I did take him over Tatis. Here we go. Uh, and you know, even Soto, by the way, has had dealt with some issues too. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that would have been another option. Uh, yeah, there's another nat. Yeah, you missed at least for at least for that partial week. Yeah. So I, I sat him uh, for this for the first four days. We'll see uh, what happens starting on Friday. But my my swap is also on the Braves. Guillermo, Guillermo Heredia. Uh, he of the you know mm-hmm. I, I was at as I joked on Twitter I was shopping at the. Uh, Recency bias bar, where after he had his monster uh, Sunday night game. Yeah. But the point is, I already had a bid in on him because uh, Nciardi and Pache are already on the IL. Yeah, yeah. So someone's got to play center field for him. And I don't think they're going to call up Drew Waters. So I, that's the route I went. Adrianza, by the way, is in right field with a and, and batting leadoff. By the way, so maybe he would have been the better option. But I, I got Heredi in like three leagues, uh, so I, I'm swapping him in. But the problem is, you know, I I drafted. I picked up Heredi in a lot of leagues, even though they have five games this week and only two in the first half. Nonetheless, though, they have ten games in a row after that, and I think he's going to play a lot for a while. So uh, I'm not really that concerned, but nonetheless, it, it, it's there. Uh, so, But, yeah, I, I, I hope I get him back. I, I did get uh, Alex Bregman back in that league quicker than I expected. I do get those Coors Field games after all, which is pretty nice. Yes, that that that's a big bump, and I I wasn't in on Heredia. I I just I don't know. I wasn't. Maybe I'll be interested by next weekend. I'm sure he's still there in a lot of leagues. But I think if you had Acuna, then it made a lot of sense because although Heredia would probably play anyways, he's probably even more certain to play with Acuna out. Um, so if Acuna were to end up on the IL, you know, you'd probably be glad you have him. And when his playing time at least starts to become a little more in question, will probably be when Acuna comes back. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we'll see about that. It's a short-term rental. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's not like this is some up-and-coming prospect. He, he's no uh, Adolis Garcia, uh, but he, who could be something, was something last night. We'll see. Uh, but you know, un- unfortunately, um, you know, you, know, you have to make these moves sometimes. You have to make those adjustments. So that that's one big one. Uh, Mookie Betts, ninth inning last night. Gets hit on a pitch by Rafael Montero on the right forearm. Uh, he, you know, the back, it, when he's batting, it's his back one. He kind of pronated a little bit. It, so it looks like he missed the wrist, missed, like, it, it, he missed most of the, like, it, it caught a meaty part of his arm, if that's possible there. Uh, x-rays were negative, but he's on the lineup for today's game against the Mariners. Yeah, so, I mean, just a day-to-day thing, I think, for now. I would say I am less worried about Mookie right now than Acuna. What do you think about that? Oh, I'd agree. Um, yeah. But he and Ty France, 
both left the game with similar. Uh, Mookie actually didn't leave the game, but it was the second to last uh, yeah. played appearance of the game. Corey Seager granted a double play right after that, so we never got a chance to see what would have happened. But they similar pitches, similar places. France actually stayed in the game to run and then came out to warm up for the next uh, half inning and couldn't throw. Uh, and so they had to take him out. So I, we're not out of the woods here yet. I mean, the, the news is as good as it gets so far. Mookie's not playing today, and I think they are off tomorrow uh, before the big four-game series against the Padres this weekend. So, of course, they got the Padres again. They're going to take every ounce of precaution. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Getting him ready for then. You know, it's, I, I mean, they, it's the, especially it's the Dodgers and it's April. Like if Betts isn't ready for the four, start of the four game series, he won't play. But yeah, having him th- today was a no brainer. Like there was no way he was, I don't, no matter how good he felt when he came to the ballpark, he was, wasn't going to play today. So not too worried about Betts, not too worried about Acuna, still quite worried about Tatis among all the people that we've, that we've discussed. Um, yeah. From the first half of the first round. Tatis hasn't run yet since uh, coming back. I, I did worry a little bit about that, um, just because hey, he likes to slide head first, and you know, obviously that's a concern. Uh, he did blast a home run in, in his first game back, but he was one for six in that game. So far, he is at that's one it. for sixteen since yeah. coming back. That was his only hit. Although he did have an RBI and a walk yesterday, uh, but eh, it hasn't been great so far. And honestly. Yeah. Even before the injury, he hasn't been great. Nope. Nope. Off to a slow start. He was off to a slow start. It wasn't very many games. And yeah, my, like I would feel a lot better about Tatis if I saw a three for four or something coming up. So when you said he hasn't run yet, well, he, has, he hasn't run because he hasn't given him being able to get any hits. So 118. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. No idea yeah. that it was. I mean, I guess one, one for 16 will create 118, but. You know, especially when you've missed a week, uh, missed 10 days. So that that's part of it there, too. Yeah, I'm actually working on an article right now for uh, in terms of, you know, how low would you go getting rid of Tatis right now? You know, like, I think it's a no brainer that you'd take someone drafted in the second round for him right now, just on the chance of re-injury of his shoulder. Um, but depending on the league format, like I, I'm just starting to work through the process of trying to figure out, you know, like, how low would you go selling off Tatis right now? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, trying to think myself, uh, what it would be. I only had, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to think like who who goes. So Bo Bichette, would you take Bo Bichette straight up for him? Yep. W- would you? Yeah, I think I would too. I, I'm not mm-hmm. in that position, I, and I only have Bichette on the other side of the coin. Like the only place I have mm-hmm. him is a non-training league. I have him in one of my two main events, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't make that decision. But I think I would. I think I would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now you got me like I'm, I know. I'm would you trade? How about this? Would you trade him for Whit Merrifield? Hmm, that's tough. I mean, two positions. Merrifield's off to a great start. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he running though? He is running. Yeah, uh, his batting average has come down a bit the last couple of days, but still like high two hundreds. Yeah, five stolen bases. Yeah, but let's just say that you like. Yeah, let's just say that like you still value Merrifield the same way you valued Mary. Like he hasn't done anything really to change his value. Yeah, he's he shouldn't. Improved. Yeah. He shouldn't over two weeks, really like for a player, his age over a couple of weeks, we shouldn't really, and no injuries. We shouldn't really change. So it's almost more like a question, I guess, of if you, if you were drafting today, at what point would you take Tatis? Would you take him in the third round? Would you take him in the fourth round? Like, where would you I still think take, I'd take him in the second round? I might even take him at the end of the first still. Uh, 
I think it. I think it's just a matter of time. We'll see. I mean, there is the risk of re-injury. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I. That's the thing is, I haven't been put to the test on that. Francisco mm-hmm. Lindor or Tatis. See, I I'm worried about re-injury, so I'll just I'll take Lindor. I'll take Bichette. I'll take Whit Merrifield. I'm worried about I'm worried about the risk of re-injury. Corey Seager, you definitely take. Yeah. Adalberto Mondesi, no, you would not take. No, I couldn't do that. Uh, okay. Um, no, that, that's, I'm just looking at shortstops. Xander yeah. Bogarts. There's another shortstop. Challenge trade. Who are you taking? Bogarts. Okay, that was a snap I'm ball. Not, you didn't like Hammer yeah. Hall or anything. I'm pretty worried about Tatis just – yeah, I'm pretty worried. I, I feel like if you – I don't know. Well, I guess it could. I was going to say, like, the swap from Bo- Tatis to Bogarts won't cost you your league, but it could if you were going to narrowly win or lose your league. I'm, I'm pretty worried about the chances of him injuring his shoulder again. So I have him in NL Tout. I thought about all these things, like how low would I go on him? Mm-hmm. I haven't offered him out in any trades yet, but I've definitely thought about it, about these guys. And I feel like maybe in, well, I don't know, in NL Tout, like, do I have to, do I go lower than Manny Machado? That was an interesting one because he's on the same team. Um, do I go down to like Pete, Al- Pete Alonzo, someone like that? I, I don't know. Ask because, Tim Anderson. I keep going for short yeah, stops. And yeah, I take Tim Anderson. Okay. Yeah. So in an NL, it, t- losing Tatis is an even bigger problem, right? If he gets, if he does have a re-injury, because I can't really replace him. That was that's these are the things I'm trying to work my mind through for the article in a ten-team league. Some of these guys I said yes to, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I just go with Tatis because I can get a pretty good guy on waivers if he's re-injured. So, um, but I, I'm more thinking like say if standard like what's well, standard to me like a 15 team league. Yeah, we're getting all sorts of a lot of big name injuries though. I know. Uh, next guy on my list was uh, Starling Marte. Officially got placed on the IL today uh, in advance of their uh, interleague series against the uh, against against the. Uh, Orioles, excuse me, on that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it, with him, it's a, a rib injury. It's not an oblique. And weirdly, I think that that skews positively. Yeah, I think so too. I think like I'm not panicked on this with Marte. He, so he's he was off to a good start. Um, already had two homers, three steals, hitting 310. Um, had already scored 15 runs. Uh, so you got a good start, probably better than you were expecting at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably without him. Well, I don't know. We'll see at least two weeks, probably three would be my guess. Uh, Marte misses time most years. Like last year, he did the weird thing where he actually played in 61 games in the 60-game season uh, because of the midseason trade. But beyond that, like if you go back and look at his game logs from throughout his career, like he's only been over 145 once. So he's typically someone who manages to find a way to miss 20 or 30 games a season. So here comes you know 15 to 20 of those 20 to 30 games but it maybe doesn't really work that way though it just means he's prorated for 25 more after he comes back uh kind of because he's not a day off type guy like he's not like a late career ryan braun what's that yeah a little silly but they're, they're well no for some guys that would be true because there are some guys who are just are getting the day off every one or two a week, no matter what. So if they do miss time with an injury, when I go back and look through his, uh, like injury log, like just most years, there's something, there's just, just one, but most years other than obviously the suspension, the one season in, uh, 2017, but most years, uh, there's just something. So right. this me, is, uh, this, this was part of the package. 
Let me read you a sequence of numbers, and you can tell me what that, is, that those numbers are and what, what the importance is. Ready? Go. 24, 17, 19, 16, 8, 8, 16, and 9 and 61 games last year. What are those numbers? I don't know. What are those numbers? The number of times he's been hit by a pitch in a given season. Ah, yes, because he, he is amazing is at a that. frequent flyer, a frequent yeah. plunker. He dives yeah. into pitches. This is part of his problem. You know, it was driving me nuts watching Wilson Contreras get and the Cubs get all bent out of shape about him getting hit by pitches. Cause, but Because you know what? That happens to Contreras every year. He dives in. He gets hit. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, same thing. It's a feature with the, the Cubs, as a matter of fact. Take me off. Remember when Andres Galarraga charged the mound one year when after getting hit by a pitch? Okay. He clearly was diving in. And this was, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm going in the way back machine, but you're old enough yeah. that I'm giving you credit. Yeah. You remember yeah. this. Um, and it's just like you can't have it both ways. You can't like command the inside of the plate and dive in and not expect yeah. to get hit every once in a while. Pitches yeah. get away. So, maybe sometimes you're getting plunked on purpose. More often than not, though, you're just trying to steal on base. That happens all the time. Look at Conforto. That was most egregious. Uh, that that was like blatantly obvious. But you know, other other instances there too, where this just it's a thing that happens a lot. And I, I hate it when the you know you see that there. Especially, I get it. There's pitches with movement. They're throwing harder, and there are there's, there's probably ill intent. And in one of those cases, Contreras got got beaned. He got hit in the head. So I guess he's a little extra sensitive about this now, but. You look at his track record. I mean, he gets he gets hit all the time. It's not because people hate him. It's because he he's trying yeah. to command the inside of the plate. Yeah, and w- but with Marte, when I look back through his injury log in his career, they're almost all uh, midsection injuries. So he does have one hand injury. He also mm-hmm. has one concussion. Other than that, oblique back oblique this is the rib uh, abdominal wall contusion. Now maybe that was from being hit by a pitch. I'm not sure from 2019, but. They're all, all of his injuries, almost all of his injuries in his career through the midsection. So, um, you know, he's obviously someone that in every league, like you're hanging on to, he's not out for a super long time. And it's just more annoying because I'm sure everyone's counting on him to, to kind of guide them and be one of their either first or second best base dealer. Yeah. And to be fair, Marte didn't get hit by a pitch on the day he got hurt. Uh, he's been hit three times, twice in one game back uh, on April 5th, but, uh, it it wasn't last time he got hit was April 13th. So. I'm not saying in this instance that's what he you know, caused him to get hurt, but mm-hmm. I just feel like he puts himself in harm's way a lot. Mm-hmm. And this was, and yeah, and what I'm saying is this was part of the when you projected Marte, assuming you did it intelligently, this was part of the equation. You know, like when I when I projected him, I projected him for like 550 at 540 at bats, something like that. And a full season of Marte would be, you know, close to 600 at bats. Yeah. Um, never, never assume I project anything intelligently. That's your, that's your <laughs> doing there. true. Maybe I'm giving you too much credit. I think, I think you're, I, from what I've seen drafting with you in many, many leagues, your projections are pretty intelligent. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Kyle Lewis. Uh, do you have any of him anywhere? I don't, he was on my bus list for this season. So, Same. but I'm glad he's back. Good for him. Now they can go ahead and call up Jared clinic, please. And thank you. And they'll have Kyle Lewis and they've got clinic and they got Mitch Haniger and they've got a good record and they've got a good outfield all of a sudden. But Kyle Lewis was awful, awful in September, like yes, beyond awful. So I was kind of shying away from him. Yeah. 
How about you? Do you have any? I have zero of 17. Uh, yeah. September was the reason why. The Ks yeah. were just yeah. tremendous. 33 strikeouts in 89 plate appearances. So, you know, striking out just off my head quickly in about 36, 37% of your plate appearances and a 550 OPS in that stretch. I want him to earn his bust. I don't want that to be a bust due to strikeouts. or I mean, due to an injury. I want due to an injury, to yeah. Uh, but I also want... I want the, the Mariners to get on with it there and get back to, you know, tr- you know, the funny thing is they're 11 and six, uh, uh-huh. but I don't think anybody's arguing that, you know, th- th- this is their fully formed roster. Now, Taylor Trammell has moved to left field from center to left. Actually had a good night last night, but he's not playing great. Uh, striking out a ton. Actually, uh-huh. I, I, he's actually someone that had promise. It's just that it was the the Jenga chain. It was one other guy in the outfield that didn't deserve to be starting. And I still think Kelnick should be in there right now. Uh, but I think we might have to wait maybe as late as like May 11th, May 20th, something like that. Uh, and that's because the minor league season hasn't started, won't start until May 4th. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when they bring Kalanick up because he's ready. And like it was obviously a service time thing. They didn't bring him up like right on the 16th, you know, the first day they could. But I think it would be easy for them to say, like, we'll see where Trammell goes in the next day or two. He, you're right. He did have a better game last night, but overall he's striking out way too much. So, um, you know, if Trammell had a couple 0 for 4s, a couple more 0 for 4s, maybe they could say, well, we're doing well. And Trammell's not off to a good start, so let's just swap him and Klenick and give Klenick a chance to show us what he can do. And maybe they'd save a little face that way. So I'm hoping it happens in April. Just I don't think the Na- or, sorry, I don't think the Mariners actually are contenders. But when a team gets off to a better than expected start, and you have maybe the best hitting prospect in baseball, who's like as far as major league readiness, you know, re- like waiting to go, you might as well go for it and see if maybe you can be a surprise team this year. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, I, 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 Julio Rodriguez is just hanging there like, hey, don't okay. forget about me either. I was killing it in spring training. He's, mm-hmm. They're ready. They're ready. Uh, so we'll see. It could be. Uh, it could be. It could be, uh, cl- be clinic now. And then like maybe Rodriguez won't get the call this year, but maybe they say clinic now. And maybe maybe they go past that June deadline date and say, hey, if by the all-star break or somewhere around there, if Rodriguez is still killing it and we're still in the race, then maybe he gets his shot. That's right. A couple other injury notes, and we could just do an injury cast, but we won't. Yes. Uh, because we have other things that cause us anxiety, and we have to work that out here on the podcast. That, that, <laughs> that's what this, the whole point of this is, is for us to work this out. And hopefully yeah. you pick up some gems along the way. Yeah, All thank right. you for attending our therapy, our group yeah. therapy session. Exactly. Austin Hayes is off the IL, but he's not in the starting lineup today. Uh, the, the Orioles are in Miami, uh, so thus, no DH, uh, thus, Hayes has to sit this first one. I'm a little surprised uh, that maybe he doesn't get a chance, but with, this is kind of the thing. Like, are you going to sit Santander? Are you going to sit Mullins, who happens to be still pretty hot? DJ Stewart is playing in the outfield. I guess that's kind of the option, I suppose. And no Mountcastle in the lineup either. So that that's it's weird. You know, it's, a team like the Orioles, like, how can, you know, did they actually have too many at best? It's kind of like the Tigers. We kind of, maybe it's just uh, to scale, but nonetheless, they're, they're squeezed on terms of fitting everybody in the lineup. Yeah, once they get back to an AL park, though, I think then they then they'll be fine. You know, to uh, either to fit everyone in or give everybody one to two days off a week. Now, Mountcastle's not hitting well at all, so this will maybe put some pressure on him. 
you know, if he's not hitting, he might be the one who gets squeezed. But I think Hayes, you know, where he's still, I've heard you and Scott talk about outfielders and how outfielders are tough to find on waivers right now. Um, I don't know how many 15s Hayes is sitting out there in, but if he is, I think he's worth picking up. And in the 12s, I think maybe like if you have room for him, at least on your bench, like I don't think that the, like I don't have these massive expectations of Hayes, but uh, it's a good park to hit in. He's 25, going to be 26 this summer. This is kind of like, I feel like the end of the road for him. Like, like he has to come through with something this season. So sure. now that he's back healthy, I think he's going to get every opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that is interesting. I do have Hayes and Tout AL Tout. However, I'd have to like, you know, if he's not in the lineup today, I don't think I'm going to do my midweek activation. Although, I, I mean, I have no. a bench. It's like Jake Cave I can put down really easily. I've been, you know, I've been really hurting in the outfield. When you do Stars and Scrubs and you do Kelnick, you know, you're just kind mm-hmm. of trying to get by. So we'll see. Uh, you know, the sooner the better as far as those guys go. Uh, that, 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 so that was an interesting one there. But yeah, I think Hayes is kind of interesting still. And I think you're right. Once they get back to an AL park, he'll be fine. Uh, do you have any Christian Yelich? No, I, I wasn't too high on Christian Yelich going into draft season. I also was trying to avoid taking outfielders in the first round. So we talked about outfield not being deep. And I agree with that as far as like a waiver wire or a like last five rounds of the draft sense. But I did feel like there was a lot of outfielders I liked say from rounds like five to 15. So I was trying to avoid maybe getting outfielders at that point in the draft. So I have no Yelich. How about you? I have him only in a NL only keeper league. Okay, but I, it's not like I have him at a bargain either. I have uh, he's fully priced there because I I uh, rostered him last year and obviously he was at the height of his powers then. So, but I decided to hold on instead of I should I probably could have tossed him back at and tried to get him again at market rate and at least I'd be in the first year of his contract. But tactical errors for the win, Jeff. Uh, all right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the only place because I, I I was moving him up on my draft board late in draft season, but by that point it was kind of too late. I was either I, I drafted fourteen and six, and he fell right in between those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I will say with Yelich that before he uh, suffered his injury, I was going to write him up on one of my first kind of trading sell high type articles because um, his starts a bit of a mirage. Like it looks like he's back or at least kind of back, like he's hitting 333. But um, when you look a little deeper, like the elevated strikeout rate is still there. Uh, you know, he just has a really high BABIP. He hasn't hit for power yet. Um, I'm still quite concerned about him. And then obviously the injury kind of takes over the storyline with him right now with the back, but, um, I I'm beyond the back. I'm still worried. Cause I just, I wanted to see that strikeout rate down and in the sample size is really small, but coming off such a disappointing year, I was looking for something positive right out of the gate and I don't see it at all. So before the injury, I was going to tell people maybe in, in some of the really active trading leagues who had drafted Yelich that maybe you want to just like market him as a, Oh, he's back first round stud right away and see what you can get for him because I'm not sure that he is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think you might be right about that. Uh, news out of Minnesota, Kyle Garlick, Max Kepler and Caleb Thielbar have been placed on the COVID IL. Uh, so that those are the people that were, I don't, I don't know if they've tested positive or not yet. Because we know how how nebulous the COVID IL is, but those, mm-hmm. those guys will not be playing in Tuesday's doubleheader against the A's. 
Is Alex Kirilov up for Tuesday's doubleheader against the A's? That's what I'm now interested in because you just named two outfielders. So um, this could be another way for Kirilov to kind of get his foot in the door. It could be. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen a lineup yet. Yeah, we keep on asking, when's Kirilov going to get the call again? Uh, the thing about, yeah, and the funny thing is that starts relatively early, the first of the two games, 6.30 Eastern time. I, yeah. But you knew this, they'd take this down to the wire. Uh, it, yep. That it would be uh, pretty close because you know they're dealing with all this, and of course they're dealing with you know player confidentiality. They're dealing with a whole lot of other things. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I believe Garlic is the one who I bu- I think we know definitely uh, tested positive, and then the other ones um, probably are because I think we heard they had a few cases, um, but they could be close contacts. But I think it's I think we heard they had a few cases, so they probably are are a part of the group that tested positive. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, mm-hmm. In response, the Twins have activated, uh, I just saw this from uh, Dan Hayes, uh, activated Brent Rooker off the IL, recalled Travis Blankenhorn, and selected the contract of Luke uh, relief pitcher Luke Farrell. So, okay. no Kirilov. Kirilov is only up for the uh, that, that doubleheader as the extra man. Right, yeah, okay. So, I was hoping that maybe... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll see what happens through the rest of the series, but I was hoping that maybe he would get to stay up beyond beyond that extra man designation today, so... We'll see. I think Kirilov's day is coming soon. I, he didn't help himself, obviously, in spring training. But, um, you know, I don't have him as high as Kalanick on my radar of guys who I think could really hit the ground running. But I still th- I, I know that Kirilov wasn't good in spring training, but he's still really talented. He can hit for some power. He knows how to steal a base. I think he could be a, a balanced contributor, like, pretty soon. They, they're still not even beyond the COVID problems they're having right now. Like, they haven't got a lot of, out of caves. So uh, I think that spot's still open for him. Yeah, it's going to cave in pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. 
Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Ba-dum-bum. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Big pause after a terrible pun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely that and for, yeah, after, yeah, the pause for these commercial messages. Uh, but all right, let's move on and move from injuries to talk about uh, streamers. So last week, a lot of our streaming options actually worked out pretty well, uh, at least for at least one half of it, and in some cases, both halves of it. Uh, some of the the guys, we, the starting pitchers we picked off the waiver wire worked out pretty well. There, it, it seems like it's easier to find guys this 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 season, maybe because of the ball, maybe because it's early. I don't know. Uh, however, yesterday it was a very much a mixed bag. You could have done very well, or you could have gotten Joe Rost. Yeah, that's a that one's a tough one. I I can't remember exactly how you put it with Scott uh, on the podcast yesterday morning when I was listening to it, but you said something to the effect that you know uh, Joe Ross pitches well and just and just long enough to get you to kind of buy in, and then he burns you, and that's ex- like exactly what he what he ended up doing. So uh, that's a tough one. And we were saying before we started recording that one of the worst feelings is you know when you land someone in Fab on Sunday night. You know, you find a Sunday night or early Monday morning and you're excited for that two start week and then they burn you in the first start of the week. Right. You know, and, and Ross could come back and throw six innings of one run ball in the second start and, you know, kind, kind of if he got a win, maybe kind of salvage the week that someone had him for. Um, but it's a that's a it's a real clunker when he starts even like like we can talk about this later if we want but even like with giolito yesterday that one was really really frustrating for people because it's like the start of the week and he just kind of destroys your team so like right off the top shu and i have him in one of our two mains and Mm -hmm. after that start in our live scoring we'd gone down eight and a half points right yeah yeah as it turns out we gained four and a half points on the day why because it, it was amazing. We got uh, Josh Fleming, right? Josh Fleming That's versus big. Danny yeah. Duffy. I had both yeah. ends, both sides of that going for us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Shoes. I give Shoe the credit for Duffy, by the way. I, I take credit for Fleming. Uh, that was my priority. But so when when he gets bombed on uh, when when he gets bombed to, uh, on on the weekend, I'll, I'll have to take the blame on that too. <laughs> it's the way this works by rule. Yeah. But you know, it, it was really kind of funny to see all the other stuff. So I had that going for us. Uh, maybe I didn't gain four and a half. Maybe that's TGFBI that I gained four and a half. But I, I had, but they canceled it out. Oh, and Justice Sheffield. So 
We got yeah. two wins on the day. I mean, it was that's a huge day. Smoke and mirrors on Sheffield. They're getting beating the Dodgers, but it worked out. Yeah, I, I have Sheffield in one league. I did not have the guts to put him in the lineup. Yeah. So are you, let me ask you this: Are you worried about uh, Giolito after that start? Nope. No, not at all. I think it's I think it's just a clunker that just you know I saw some stuff about him not being a morning person at all and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And we do th- and I do think the Red Sox lineup's legit. I think a lot of us thought that going into the season that this was like actually like a really good lineup. They're pretty deep and long, as I like to say. Um, I don't like it's not super long because Bobby Dahlbeck's not hitting and Marwin Gonzalez is just okay, but it's got some really good talent at the top. Um, I think it's a tough lineup. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a clunker. And kind of what I was going to say about that one is, you know, like you're really frustrated, obviously, with Giolito, but at least you just, you know, you're going to use Giolito for 32, 33 starts. Uh, and in the end, his ratios will be pretty good. You know, they'll be anywhere from like really, really like it's hard after yesterday to say they're going to be amazing this year, but because it's going to take a long time to work that one off. But they're going to be anywhere from like good to very, very good. Um, the, the stuff with someone like Joe Ross is just so hard because you were kind of just planning to use them for a couple starts and maybe not even keep them any longer than that. And then, so once you take the clunker, like the whole thing's just a big waste. And that, I think that's the, the big difference is you just, you know, you're, there's time for Giolito. He could go, he, Giolito could go out and throw seven shutout in his next start. Yeah. And all, he didn't have a good week at that point, but he could work, he could work this off. Joe Ross isn't going to work this off in your lineup. He can't work it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's too yes. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, are you worried about wait, are you worried about Gitalito? A little bit. I mean he had nothing. I also hated how Tony LaRusa brought him out for the second inning. That's a good way to get hurt. When you have nothing and you're pitching you throw over you threw forty six pitches in the first inning. That, you know, thirty is considered like pretty high. 35, you're starting to like, okay, we take him out. The Padres took Blake Snell out, I think, after 37 or 38 in the first inning against the Pirates last week, and he was able to bounce back. Ugh, I, I, those are stressful pitches. Then he comes out the next inning, has nothing again, and just you know, boosts that boosts those ratios even worse. I mean, it's just why. And then he brings in uh, position players in the seventh inning after they've cut it to a six-run deficit. I mean, it's not that's it, it, a lot still, but. I don't know. I mean, Tim Anderson's out there trying hard, stealing bases, and then your response is, "Oh, let's let's." It'll be fun to have your mean Mercedes throw an inning, and he threw like thirty-eight pitches, by the way, too. Uh, you know, not as nearly as stressful, but still, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, you're right. I couldn't. You stumbled onto something that really bugged me, but I can't figure out what the thought process was bringing in Mercedes, who's become an important player for that team. Right. Like, it's not like they put in like like when they brought in uh, Mendrick the next inning. Okay, that one makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he does. He's not as meaningful to them. Like if Mercedes pulls an oblique or something doing you know pitching, which he's not accustomed to. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me who they brought in, how early they brought him in. Even the score wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't like it was 13 to one when they brought him in. And you're right. Tim Anderson stealing, stealing a base, not long before Mercedes comes in. Why have, why not just red light Tim Anderson? If that's going to be your approach, if you know, you're going to Mercedes, just red light Tim Anderson and say, if like, we'll go station to station around the diamond here, this inning. And if we don't get five, four or five runs, then Mercedes is coming into pitch. And, it, and it's the same as Giolito coming for the second inning. For some reason, La Russa had just decided that game, like that he was not going to really use his bullpen that much at all. They had a double like hitter he, the day before, but yeah. they didn't 
it wasn't a stressful doubleheader. They, 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 three to two and five to one in their favor. So they allowed three runs in 14 innings. I don't think they, they worked the bullpen all that hard. I don't know. It's just, uh, it, uh, yeah, it didn't make, it didn't make a lot of sense. The doubleheaders aren't as stressful. Yeah. on the bullpens as they used to be like in the end, he used two relievers like, like on a, like with Giolito, his ace didn't have it at all. Yeah. And he was only willing to use two. And he knows he's only going to need eight innings, yeah. like pretty much by the end of the first inning, you know, you're going to only have to cover eight innings since you're in Boston. So, you know what? I just found was, I just thought of another mitigating factor that Lance Lynn went on the IL on Sunday. He did. Yeah. So that's one less starter. He didn't pitch over the weekend. So I guess they're down another reliever. Maybe that's the mentality, but uh, even still. I don't know. Like, and even Lynn, yeah, Lynn going on the IL gives, almost gives you like that fake extra reliever for a while because you don't need, if you want to call up a starter for Lynn's next start, yeah. you know, you can you have an extra reliever until such day and then you can send one of them down. Like they could have burned a guy and then sent him down and had the starter up for Lance Lynn's start. I don't know. It was weird. Like I said, it was weird right from the get go. Um, he, like I said, like, like Giolito clearly didn't have it and they used two relievers in the entire game. Like I thought that would have been a game where you used five or something like that. Uh, it, it was a really odd game. I'm not, I'm going to go with not worried about Giolito. If the Gio, if someone had Giolito in my league and wanted to trade him and like, obviously sell short on him at all, I would be totally interested. How about this? Would you trade Giolito right now for glass now or Corbin Burns? Either one of them. It's funny. We were talking about that. Um, I, I, I think I would. I think I, I you know, I, I, you were asking me about this on Twitter. Or, or, or you're DMing me about that. I was thinking about mm-hmm. it. And I mentioned it with Liss. I think I, it's really close because I, I, I hate mm-hmm. to fall into recency bias on this one. And yet, uh, I mean, it, it all, you know, Burns isn't walking anybody this year. That's the thing that he's taken that next step up. So, I, you know, again, this is his first – tonight he's facing the Padres, right? So this uh-huh. is his first start against a non-Central Division team. He's, I mean, if you're counting the AL Central and NL Central, it's been Twins, Cardinals, Cubs. And my thesis was he benefited greatly from the schedule and he walked too many guys. I was questioned how deep he'd go into games. He's gone six, six, and six and a third so far. He hasn't walked a batter yet. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I, I'm changing my na- name to Leaf Erickson so I can take the L. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I would take Burns ahead of Giolito now because Giolito has some whip issues too. Uh, and then Glasnow, I'm a little more circumspect, but I think I might be wrong about that one too. Yeah, I, I, I'm still with Giolito. I think the innings matter too. The the Brewers are the team that that did say going into spring training that they were going to bump their starters about 100 innings this year. So we were all kind of putting burns around 160, 165. I think Giolito. So that's my one. That's one of my concerns with Burns is just I don't know. Part of the the, the common sense side of me says that the Brewers will just push Burns past that if they have a chance to win the division. And like, how do you skip Burns starts? in august or september like even if you don't shut him down like how do you skip his starts well maybe to, in june uh, that's right you know, do you think do you think they'll actually do that if he's pitching really well no but in the scenario <sighs> they, i fear they put a number on it yeah numbers change um, i know I, I i think maybe like oh well we found a blister he's gonna sit out you know yep that that could be it 
Or the other problem is they get to September and they're not competitive. Now, right now they're nine and seven. They're a half game behind the Reds, so they're totally competitive. And yeah, and they're they're outscoring their opponents by a run a game. You know, four point three one to three point three. And their offense and isn't have... doing jack, but they're they're doing a great job of run suppression. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can see it. By the way, and that feels like a division where a lot of teams are just going to kind of plot along around five hundred. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 that's the way it's shaping up to be. The Pirates haven't gotten special bad yet. The Cubs, no. Fred, the Cubs look terrible. They do. And what's interesting is you could see that in their range of possibilities because, you know, Rizzo wasn't good last year and Brian wasn't good last year and Baez wasn't good last year. And Baez has been good this year from a fantasy perspective, but he stinks. Like he strikes out, he leads the majors in strikeouts and he has one walk. Like he isn't good. Um, Jason Hayward is no good. Like that team is not, they have no second baseman. Uh, you know, Nico Horner should be up soon. They, like they could use him and their pitching hasn't been as good as maybe they had hoped off the top. Not shocking when you trade away you Darvish, Kyle Davies hasn't been good. We never thought Kyle Davies was a stud. The the Cubs had it in their range of outcomes to be really bad. And so far they are. Yeah. Uh, they, they, like, they really are They're, like they've just like it's interesting like we the Cubs made a lot of bad moves like for a team that won the World Series they made a lot of bad moves where like bad trades or bad signings like the Hayward signing was bad and getting Addison Russell was bad like they made some moves that that weren't good that caused them to not be the dynasty that a lot of people thought they could be but then on top of that uh, I don't know if you can blame them for this but like Rizzo and Brian like these guys haven't been like the superstars that people like consistent superstars that no, people thought they, they were going been. to be. They haven't been. No. And bias collapsed too. That's um, right. And I don't know if you can blame really the Cubs organization for that. Like we thought Chris Bryant at this point in his career was going to be like a first or second round fantasy pick like every year. I think also though, too, I mean, they haven't done any internal development of pitchers. Nope. I mean, look at their rotation. Uh, you know, Hendricks, they got in a trade from Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you can give them some credit for developing him a little bit. Arietta's yep. in the rotation now. Uh, Trevor Williams just came from the Pirates. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Alzale is in their rotation. He's not. He's in, like in and out. He's not in. Yeah, a little bit promising, but really, there's not much there Did yet. They just send and, him down though. Uh, yeah, but I think that was a schedule quirk, okay, and he's like right. with them. Yeah, like like just, the Astros did. And they just traded for Zach Davies in the Darvish trade. Yeah, uh, yeah, yuck. What I know. Do I, I don't even think like I don't think Arietta will even be in their rotation by the summer. Like I, I don't think he'll, he can stay healthy anymore. So I, mean, I, I don't know. They don't I even have like a prospect knocking at the door, Fred. It's Alzale's kind of it. Yep. That yeah, they don't. It's a three. I think the Central's already down. I, I everyone's going to jump all over me and say like you're you're making conclusions and there's still 140 something games for the Cubs or anything. I don't I don't see it. I think the Central's already down to a three team race. Like I'm not and the Pirates wrote before the season started. I think right. it's down to your Reds and the Brewers who can pitch but can't hit, but maybe can pitch so well with guys like Woodruff and Burns and Hater in that closers role that maybe they can just pick up some hitting. Yeah. At the you know in the summer I could see that and then the Cardinals who can do a bit of both. Yeah. I will throw one name out there as a potential riser for the Cubs as a pitcher, and that's Braylon Marquez. He's at Double A okay. to start. You know, he, he's been assigned to Double A. Yeah, uh, but I think it's going to be a while for him, uh, just to, because he hasn't. He 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 hit the major through two thirds of an inning 
Uh, I think it was the last day of the year and gave up five earned runs to the White Sox, if I recall correctly. But uh, that was it. You know, bef- other than that, he hasn't pitched above a ball. And so this is going to be this is a, a year for him, a big year for him. But he's uh, you know top two hundred prospect according to James Anderson, uh, in the top four for the Cubs. So we'll see. He may be the only guy that's ready anytime soon. But you know what, guys emerge. We'll see. They, you know, they, they might have the Cubs already. Mills. At some point, true. Oh yeah, Alec Mills. Have the Cubs already? Uh, have the Cubs already reached the point where you stream towards them with your pitchers? Yeah. Like you're look, you're looking who's got. Like when I go and look in the, when I go look at the Rotowire, you know, next seven days pitching grid, shameless plug, um, which I look at almost daily. Like I'm looking at who's who's facing the Pirates and things like that. Are yes. have we hit the point already where you're looking at who's facing the Cubs? Yeah, you have. Yes, I, I think there are more teams than ever that you can stream against, and the Cubs are one of them. I mean, Freddie Peralta had two gems against them, and he, you know, I used him. In, well, I, I, I don't know. You can't stream Freddie Peralta, but you can definitely use him in DFS, and he was uh, priced pretty affordably. Uh, and then, in a subsequent start, he got priced up again finally after feasting on the Cubs. That's right, and there could be plenty. Of, there's some like we've named some Cubs that, that strike out a lot. Like there could be a lot of strikeouts beyond the fact that you could get a win and hold them in check. Like there could be a lot of strikeouts there. I think pretty, Freddie Peralta, by the way, is an interesting guy. I'm, I kind of wrote him up uh, today as someone maybe I would look to trade if I was in a trading league. I have him in our friends and family, and that's the only spot. And he's doing great. He still is walking a lot of batters. He's made three starts. Two are against the Cubs. One was against the Pirates. Mm, I'm not. I don't. I'm not totally sold yet. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. If somebody came along with a guy who I felt, but I know his upside is really high because of the strikeouts. But I kind of feel like if someone came along with a starter who I felt was like really solid, like I would go ahead and give up the upside of of Peralta to get that like who someone who I felt like was a lot more reliable than than him. Because but there is a chance that Peralta stays in among the league leaders in strikeouts, and that has value. But I just. When he faces some harder opponents, if he keeps walking three batters a, a start, I don't know if he can survive that. That's right. Yeah. Um, before we talk more streamers, quick note from our friends at Underdog. Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about, worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? An underdog best ball? You can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's best ball leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has daily fantasy and an all-new pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store or enter promo code ROTOWIRE. All right. Uh, so, Fred, before the podcast, you mentioned you are nervous about a, a Detroit-Pittsburgh game. Is it? No, not Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, Detroit-Pittsburgh yes. game. Why are you so up in arms about a Detroit Pittsburgh game? Well, I, I picked up a fair amount of Michael Fulmer on Sunday night. Um and as I, as we were saying with Joe Ross, one of the worst feelings is picking up a 
I, I'm hoping Michael Fulmer will be more than a streamer, but at the very least, he's a two-star streamer this week. And if he gets lit up by Pittsburgh, I'm going to feel pretty silly. So I'm also using Tyler Anderson and Toad NL. I decided at the last minute because Tiger, wow. the Tigers have been awful against lefties. Uh, this so if year, it works so. on Josh Fleming versus Danny Duffy, it can work on Tyler Anderson versus Michael Fulmer. That's the that's it could, it, right. Good, and I'm not. I'm not that. I think it's in Detroit. I believe I'm not that far from Detroit. The weather's cold. The ball probably isn't flying. I'm hoping for a, a three to one game tonight, and I'll take Fulmer to get the win. But uh, yeah, I'm. I think I think Fulmer has plenty of potential. This is kind of on my Alex Cobb theory that we talked about last week where I added Cobb in a lot of leagues who used to be quite good in fantasy that was really bad um, but maybe if he's healthy we can get back some of that goodness and Fulmer kind of the same thing like like there was a time right 2016 and 2017 where Fulmer was pretty valuable to have right. uh, then he, he just hasn't really been healthy since then uh, so we'll see if he's healthy now I'm not totally sold but a 12 to 1 strikeout to walk led me to make him he was my preferred guy in my bid group i think my bid group went him uh jake junis where he was still available um and then we got into the two starts and i think my first two start well other than fulmer who i think might have some keeper potential but i think my two first two start was josh fleming yeah so i went fulmer josh fleming uh and i got him everywhere except labor because you bid two and i bid one yeah uh yeah, but and so I couldn't erase my Giolito in that league, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> and I, I, I'm realizing I left Marco Gonzalez active in that league, and that that could be a huge mistake because uh, he's pitching against the Dodgers in about 15 minutes. So we'll see about that. Uh, I ended up in that league with Jeff Hoffman instead. Uh, okay, I had him. All those guys over meet Joe Ross. Uh, and that's so I got a little lucky there, but I had Ross on my list in every single one of those leagues. But uh, and according to RT, he was the most acquired player in week four. Uh, so kind of fun. Stuff. Wow. Uh, went Ross, Fulmer, Eduardo Escobar, Jazz Chisholm. Obviously, he was gone in our league. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny how it just shows like different leagues, different league sizes. We're a 15 teamer. So, you know, digs a little deeper. You had to kind of yeah. jump sooner on some of those guys. Uh, but it, it's a reminder that. We, the game we play isn't always the same as the game uh, that, that people are getting our advice from our playing. That's right. And, and I try to remember that and throw in sometimes like some, some discussions on some of these guys, like, like you mentioned, like Jazz Chisholm, who's gone in all our leagues. I think you mentioned Eduardo Escobar, who's gone in all our leagues, but is really relevant in mm-hmm. leagues of, in 10 team leagues. And like he was probably picked up in some 12s where he was left undrafted. So, uh, and, and leagues with different bench sizes and everything. So, but it's fascinating that Joe Ross was the most added. I did have him, I think, my, for my two starts after Fulmer and Fleming, I went Duffy and then I went Ross. So I, could have had Ross in a spot or two, but I ended up uh, not. I think I have, might have had Bruce Zimmerman ahead of Ross, who I think is a two starter uh, this week too. Who I don't feel really that much better about. But I didn't think I didn't. I'm not going to say that I saw this Ross thing coming. I just didn't really believe in him. I thought Fleming. I think Fleming has a bit of like keeper potential to last yep. beyond this week. Like right, the, like he's been good in his career. He doesn't strike a lot of batters out, but. Um, you know, and the, and the Rays obviously do well with pitching. You actually got in my head a little bit last week when you mentioned how bad the Rays bullpen is. And you're right, you know, both in terms of like the eyeball test and the production. He's a five inning starter. So that could be something that hurts his win potential. Uh, but still, at, it, with the pitcher injuries around baseball right now, if he can go five innings and just give up one or two runs, then I'm interested. Yeah, um, I, I, I can get that. 
And I, I always kind of, well, I, I, I think I've thought this. I don't think I've actually put this out there. So I think Josh Fleming is a developing Dallas Keuchel with better defense behind him. What do you think about that? Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Not many strikeouts, good command, uh, left-handed, uh, doesn't throw especially hard. You know, they had very similar outings. Uh, Keuchel on in the doubleheader against the Red Sox when he got the win, five innings, 1K. Uh, Fleming, five innings, 3Ks, like 5.1 innings. By the way, that, that game was beautiful. I had both sides of that going in uh, the NFPC, and that, that pretty much mitigated all the damage that Giolito did, minus, you know, getting, I didn't get make up the strikeouts. But Danny Duffy, he's also in that top 10 on RT of pickups for this week. You know, what do you think about Danny Duffy? Some thought that maybe he's getting some velocity back. He was really good at one point. Yeah, and I think this is the time of year to speculate on these guys going into two start weeks who are off to a decent start to the season. And like if like I wasn't bidding a hundred dollars on any of these guys. Like I think yep. my, like you said, I, I spent two out of a hundred on in labor on Fleming. I think in the other leagues I spent fifteen to twenty-five. So about two percent. That's what I kind of had in on Duffy too. But I think this is the time of year to take a shot at guys like Duffy and Fleming, like guys who have done something right this year and are heading into a two start week. And maybe you get a good two start week, but they don't really last on your team. But maybe, you know, but maybe they do. I don't think we're gonna see as many of these guys by the summer, the way pitchers are dropping like flies mm-hmm. right now, I don't think we're going to see. I think we could see some real ugliness by the summer where you start looking at the two start pitchers and you're like, well, they're all rostered except for, you know, these couple guys who just don't belong in the majors. Yeah, we're, we've already had a, uh, some attrition already, too. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're looking at six and seven starters. When we look at eighth, ninth and tenth starters, mm-hmm. that's when it gets ugly. You're going to see guys. Yeah, you're going to see guys getting called up. Uh, from AAA this summer to, to fill in in rotations who don't have good minor league numbers, who don't belong in the majors yet, and their teams just need to cover the starts, and they're up for a few weeks, and you know they put an ERA up around five, and then they get sent back down, and teams are just looking to cover innings. I think we could see that, and you just you won't be able to use those pitchers, so you're going to have to turn at that point to middle relievers because you got to put nine out there, and. So I, I think this is a good time of year to take chances at guys like Josh Fleming and Danny Duffy. Like you said, at least they're in someone's top, top five or in, right. in Fleming's case, he's kind of their six. Um, you know, I grabbed Dane Dunning last week in that same labor league. Um, and we talked about him briefly last week, just that he had had a promising first start to the season and was up for two starts. So I thought, let's give him a shot. At least he's good enough to be in a team's top five. So um, I think this is the time to keep, without spending a ton, but this is the time to keep plugging away at that and hope that you find some, some of these guys hopefully are still on your roster in June or July. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see how that, uh, how that develops over the course of the season. Uh, we'll see how our, our, our guys go, our streamers go, mm-hmm. uh, crossing some fingers there really hard. Uh, Blue Jays, Fred. Who's the? Were you in on the Rafael Delis uh, bidding? Uh, how aggressive were you if you were? They're just, I mean, they're having compound injuries, both there and the outfield. It's really wild to see. I saw them get shut out on Sunday. What's going on with them? Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Um, I was joking with you on Twitter that maybe we'll spend a thousand dollars in some leagues on Fab on the Blue Jays bullpen this season because right. you would have some leagues already with that have spent over six hundred between Romano in a twelve team like Romano not drafted picked him up thought he was a closer someone else picked up Merriweather next week thought he was the closer there could be six seven hundred and now Dolis might have 
used up another hundred in some leagues. Um, so you could be in the seven or 800 range and we'll, and, and it's only the middle of April. We'll see where it goes from here. So yeah, their bullpen has just been decimated. Like if you go all the way back to spring training, the pecking order was Yates Romano, uh, you know, then maybe Merriweather Chatwood, everyone I just named has already been hurt. So, but I, I was not in on the Dolis. Like I, I put a bid in on him, but I put him, for example, I put him behind Josh Fleming, I think, uh, and Danny Duffy. So at that point, like I'm not going to win him. So I just put a, keep you honest, 15 or 20 and put him in there. I, I think Dolis will pick up a couple saves, but news that Romano is going to be back sooner rather than later. And I don't think it's an automatic that Romano gets the ninth inning as soon as he comes back. Um, but I think he gets in that picture right away and then eventually Merriweather will be back. So I just, I think Dolis walks too many batters. He works slow. I just don't think he's going to be their long-term closer. So if I needed saves, I go like 40, 50 bucks fine, but I wasn't going like a hundred. Did you pick him up anywhere? No, I got, I actually, I picked him up last week, uh, first come first or pickup league. Uh, but we yet, yet we have weekly ro- active roster moves, uh, active reserve moves. But I picked him up there. That's the only place a Yahoo League. But uh, aside from that, no, I didn't mm-hmm. get him in any fab bidding. I, I just because it's it's maybe just for a week. Romano might be back yeah. next week or by the weekend. Um, is is Romano the guy long term? Is it Merriweather? Who's who's your long term guy in the chase? Yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't even think they know. I think. I think that they were starting to maybe settle into a Romano before Merriweather kind of thing. But I think sometimes like like, um, Merriweather's been really brittle so far in his career. So I I, I think they'll even kind of baby him. And now he's already hurt. Like, I think if he, like, I don't know if he's pitching two days in a row very often the rest of the season. So I, I, I'll take the under on any Blue Jays reliever getting 20 saves this year, which is just given the amount of fab or draft picks. Cause in a lot of the mains, Romano was going in like round nine or 10 and then, and then Merriweather went for all the fab. So I think, yeah, we're, we're seeing some people, some of them are working out like maybe someone who picked Jake McGee in round 11 or something like that. But uh, we're seeing uh, now I'll throw into the mix to pivot just a little bit is the Mariners and Kendall Graveman went for 300 in a lot of leagues on Sunday night. And mm-hmm. now yesterday, Rafael Montero gets the save. So were you so, watching this game? I was not. Okay. So it was a tight situation in the seventh inning. They used him as the fireman as, as yeah. anybody sabermetrically inclined has been begging for, for years. Yeah. I think it was the right decision. I think this begets future save opportunities. I think he's the guy that service trusts the most. I think sometimes it's going to be like this where Montero may get the ninth after, you know, gets to start fresh like that. But Graveman's going to get his chances. I, I don't think this is wasted money in Fab. I think he, you don't. You don't. Eh? Well, we'll see because that. So that's my feeling with Romano too. Is that the Jays may use him in high leverage situations, regardless of the inning, like like mm-hmm. at least like seventh, eighth, ninth, or eighth, ninth. So, it, like it just in fantasy, we need for that investment. We need to save so badly that if the Mariners are going to kind of jump back and forth between the two, depending on the situation. So for example, in a couple of days, if the Mariners are, are winning by a run and the other team's best hitters are coming up to start the eighth inning, who's going out? That's a good question. Uh, Is it, if it's, if it's Graveman, well, like it's great if you get a scoreless inning, but it's the Montero guy who's getting the save. Right. I had Montero on my bench, and I don't have any Graveman. I do have Montero on XFL, and I benched him this week. Yeah, 
I don't know if mm-hmm. I made the right call or not. But we'll see. I know it's I, I, that one's a dicey one. Like we've seen some. I was just going to say, like in the NFPC, we've seen with the first weekend with Merriweather going for you know three hundred plus in a lot of leagues, and this past weekend with Graveman going for three hundred plus in a lot of leagues, um, and now here we are like April 20th and I'm still not sure either one of them are really full-time closers. Like, like for example, if the white Sox are in a jam with two outs in the seventh, Liam Hendricks is not coming in. Like, like that's not how they, that's not how they roll with him. Um, you know, and I could say that about, I don't think Ian Kennedy's even coming in for the Rangers. Like they're saving, he's their ninth inning guy. Yeah. Definitely the case. Now I think that rubs both ways though. Sometimes you never get that save chance. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, then Liam Hendricks has to wait like five days to pitch, and then he gets used in a get work situation, and it, uh, it's just yeah, nothing good. I just feel like I just feel like I want. I would rather get the guys who are who I think are going to be just used in a, in a classical closer way and guide me to those mm-hmm. 30 saves. Um, that's my concern with Graveman. Is just like he, he could still be quite valuable, uh, but if he ends up with. 15 saves 17 saves something like that but it pitches well i mean it's not then it's not wasted money i'm just not sure if he's going to be the answers to people's prayers although i don't know that the answer is coming you know in next week's fab or the week after's fab we'll see uh but i like when i look around we'll see we'll see maybe there'll be a situation like that but i really wanted to get some i really want to find, try to find the people who are going to be used like kind of more solely in the ninth inning so seeing him used earlier which i like you said it was the right baseball move but if you picked him up for the 300 bucks you really wanted him them to wait and use him in the ninth so you yeah. can get the save but if you picked him up for 300 bucks you haven't been paying attention to how scott service manages his bullpen right you know I, yeah yeah I, yeah i i think i mean yeah i mean it's just that, that that's just the way it's been i mean you saw this all last year and i and the the comments that service made we didn't take them at face value remember when montero pitched the sixth and graveman got the save in the seventh and service said yeah. like this is the batters i wanted them to face yeah well, he was telling us yeah and you can't expect him to to treat him as a official closer after that Nope. Now, do you think that's similar to Gabe Kapler, who seems to have kind of come around to Jake McGee being an official closer? Like, I, I've, I have no. Kapler said he wanted he, he could see McGee being a closer when they signed right. him. Right. And he has treated him as a closer this year. Totally. Yeah. Period. Yep. I, yep. The one and his one hiccup was when he was pitching out dealing with the after effects of the vaccine. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm fully confident in McGee, and yes. you know, if he gets hurt. So I wondered. So that's what I was wondering with service is will, like, if if someone emerges out of that, like out of Graveman and Montero, like if someone just keeps putting up zeros, will he eventually just be treated like like how the Angels will treat Rizal Iglesias, like how the White Sox treat Liam Hendricks? I guess we'll just wait and see. Yeah, I think we maybe I'm too cheap on fab bids on relievers. Maybe that's what this is coming to. Or maybe to, you're to ahead of your time. You're a vision. I don't know. And you're going to get somebody cheap finally eventually, and it's going to work out. <sighs> yeah, well, it hasn't worked out so far. I've been kind of fishing around. Although, although I have, I was looking for more Stephen Crichton in some of my leagues on the weekend. I have him in the NL, the Toad NL. Um, but I was looking for him in some mix, and he was not available because he got their last save. And I've been thinking all along that he, to me, he's still the guy who makes the most sense to be the Diamondbacks closer. Yeah, um, that that's right. And I cut him in a bunch of leagues. I don't think he's very good, uh, though. I mean, you look at it; he's like at a one eight WHIP. 
Uh, he did close a little bit last year. And again, citing April stats is kind of dumb, so I might have to just eat, eat some crow on that. But I also am annoyed because I dropped him in the main and I think another league too, and he got swooped up. Vlad Settler swooped in and grabbed him from the uh, two, so that makes it even worse. So like, He's been paying pretty close attention. He went for like 140 bucks in mine, uh, so we'll see. Um, I, I, I also saw the comments by Tori Lavolo, though, that – he was inspired by Kevin Cash and watching him in the playoffs. He's like, I want to become a better manager, and I liked what he was doing. So it might be just this big, massive confusion all year. Yeah, it might be. And on a team that you know projects probably to have a losing record, so it's not even like a team that's going to be winning four or five games a week. So, But I kind of like Crichton. I just thought all along, like he got five saves last year. His ERA last year was 242. His FIP was 345, so that's solid. Um and he got five saves in that shortened season. And I was like, why don't they want to use him? Like when, like I understood the lure of Soria, but as soon as he went, was going South. And then we got hurt. I was like, why don't they just pivot straight to Crichton? But they didn't, uh, but at least they did Sunday. So we'll see when their next save chance comes up, like how, how it's handled. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to throw, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Parting note, uh, Byron Buxton back in the lineup. Uh, he, yeah, the twins announced their li- uh, first lineup for the first half of the double header, uh, batting cleanup. So if you were if you kind of took the chance on him or if you're waiting for a lineup on that, get him in. Of course, if you're listen, by the time you're listening, they might have already started. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I, I have no bu- I have no bucks. I mean, I do have one bucks. I have him in my AL home league. So I do have. One. OK. Do you have any Buxton? No, none. He he doesn't really fit the kind of profile that I usually go for. He's just, I just have a trouble figuring out what Buxton is. He was a speedster and then he was kind of a power hitter and, but he's always a guy who gets hurt a lot. So I just, and he's already been, and he's already done all those things. <laughs> he already hit well and he, uh, he already hit well and he already got hurt. So we'll just see kind of where things go with him, but no, I didn't, uh, I don't have him anywhere. So we'll, we'll see how he turns out. There's, there's a group of guys like Buxton and Stanton and judge and Strasburg. Now, some of these guys haven't even got off to good starts this year, but there's a lot of guys who I didn't draft because of injury concerns who I had to understand might look like really good picks in April. But I'm playing the long game, and I don't see them as durable players. So we'll just see what it, what a Buxton season. Maybe the, Buxton could be the one who totally blows up in my face. He hits 33 home runs and steals 17 bases or something this year, and he's one of the best picks. But that was my th- when you when you avoid those like boomer bust injury prone guys, you have to re- understand that they could really tear it up in April before the injury that you're thinking is going to happen eventually happens. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, but he's last, back in the lineup. So good for those who in, who went for him. Yeah. Last last note, I lied. What Buxton wasn't the last. Patrick Corbin goes tonight against the Cardinals. Was miserable in his last start uh, against the Diamondbacks. A pretty weak lineup. Uh, a, do you have him anywhere? B, do you see much hope for him re- recovering? So I do not have him. It's because I didn't see much hope. I think. Yeah. I actually, I, actually, I got blasted maybe almost as bad as I've ever been blasted by a fan base on Twitter really? last late last week, early this week, no, late last week. And I just wrote the opinion that the Nats stink. They were kind of one of my best picks this year. And I just wrote the opinion that the Nats might stink and that Max Scherzer may be the headliner of the trade deadline this year. He's in the last that. year of his contract, right? He's in the last year of his, I thought it made a lot of sense. He's in the last year of his contract. I think he'll be 37 around the trade deadline. Um, I'm sure he would like to pitch in the postseason as much as possible for the rest of his career, even if the Nats 
sent him out doesn't mean they can't bring him back. Although I don't know if they'll want to, but, um, anyways, I Nats fans for the next 24 hours just filled my notifications with clown emojis and things like that saying that it's only 10 games. It's only 10 games into the season. And I'm, don't know what I'm talking about. And I've given up on them too early. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with the 10 games. I would have said the same thing before the season started. I just, I don't like that roster beyond the superstars. And the funny thing is I kind of did. Uh, and, but they, you know, I, I, although at the same time I was fading Strasburg. So, so if you're fading Strasburg and, and, and you're fading Corbin, that's right. So if you don't believe in Strasburg, you don't believe in Corbin and you don't believe in Joe Ross, then like you just, what do you believe in? Yes, exactly. That was kind of my thinking. And I don't believe in their bullpen. Like, I think Hand could be okay. I think Rainey could be okay. I, generally, I don't really like their bullpen. So I just don't think there's enough pitching there. I don't think their lineup's special. I think I think Soto's special. I think Turner's special. I think the rest of it's, like, just okay. And, I like them going getting Bell and Schwarber. I thought those yeah. were good additions. Uh, but, yeah. I guess I, I just don't, I don't, I don't believe in their pitching. The first person I did respond to like the first person. And I just said, I don't think they have enough pitching to stay in the race. And I think the NL East is a really good division. And I think they'll be far out of it in late July. And it would maybe make sense. They don't have a deep farm system. They had to give away some prospects to go for these world series and good for them for winning one. So, but yeah, I can't tell you how many times I had Nats fans say, don't you remember 19 and 31, the 19 and 31 record in 2019. And they came back. You're it's too early. Don't you? I was like, the reason you keep referencing 19 and 31 is because that's incredibly unusual. Yeah. Right. Like you're you're referencing something as so memorable because it's so unusual. It's not the standard. Anyways, I don't think I don't believe in Corbin. I don't believe in Strasburg. And I, I think that Max Scherzer could end up on a different team down the stretch. He would if he's healthy and pitching well, he would be a huge addition to you a do team. Do you believe that the children are our future? Teach them well and let them lead the way. You are a teacher. I do. After all. I do. We'll close with yeah. that. Fred, good stuff. We'll talk to you again next week. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Clay and James will be at you tomorrow, Thursday. My guest will be Rotowire's Ryan Roof, manager of the Closer Grid, three-time champion of the Staff Keeper League. Won his way into the NFPC main event uh, with the Fanball daily, uh, week, uh, DF, uh, DFS contest. So lots to talk about with him. Thanks for listening. We'll sit, talk to you soon.